Hi, my name is Alison, and I pastor a little church in southwest Victoria called Sanctuary. I acknowledge the people of the Eastern Ma Nation, who have been serving and ministering to each other and to the land since time immemorial. And I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. I wonder what Simon's mother-in-law prepared for Jesus and his disciples. Pita bread with hummus? Rice wrapped in vine leaves, perhaps? Dried figs? Almonds? A soft mound of goat's cheese? Because when Jesus visits Simon's house, Simon's mother-in-law is sick. But although it's the Sabbath... And although she's a woman and although she's sick, Jesus touches her. She's resurrected. She gets out of bed and the story says she begins to serve them. And in the Middle East that always means food. When I was younger this story made me mad. I figured that if she was so sick then Jesus and the disciples should wait upon her. And at the very least... They should make their own cup of tea. Then I learned New Testament Greek, and I saw the English Bibles usually translate the Greek verb diakoneo as serve or provide for when it refers to women, but as minister when it refers to men. And the same sort of thing happens with the noun diakonos. But minister, deacon, servant, waiter, They're all the same word in Greek. And so I realised that the healing of Simon's mother-in-law leads to her ministry. But what sort of ministry is this? Well, the Gospel writer doesn't make it explicit, so we need to look further afield. What we discover is that in the New Testament, the diakonos is the person who connects need with resource. When widows are hungry, the diakonos finds food and ensures that it's served out equally. When people walk dusty roads to get to the dinner table, the diakonos kneels down and washes their grimy feet. This sort of work continues today. In our context, when someone badly injured his hand, someone else sat down with him. She asked him what was needed and set up Gather My Crew so that his family would be cared for while he was recovering. She connected need with resource. She ministered to him. A diakonos might also notice other needs. For example, when you are telling me your story, I listen for the source of your pain. And then as I pray with you, I offer those words of scripture which bubble up and which I hope speak to your pain and offer hope and healing. I try to connect your need with the resource of the gospel and with the presence of Jesus Christ who promises to be with us when we're gathered in his name. So this is one way that I minister or serve among you. Going back to the story, We aren't told exactly how Simon's mother-in-law ministered to Jesus and the disciples. Perhaps they were hungry, and she indeed served them a meal. But perhaps she did something more interesting. 
For the story tells us that she began to minister to them. And then that evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door, and he cured many who were sick with various diseases. And he cast out many demons. Well, how did people know that a healer was in town? How did they know to come to Simon's house? Could it be that his mother-in-law had spent the day going from house to house, visiting the sick and the demon-possessed? Could it be that she was identifying their need, connecting it with the resource of Jesus the healer and inviting them over? Perhaps Simon's mother-in-law was much more dynamic than we usually think. This story raises questions about privilege, power and gender and it shines a light on how culture shapes us. The translators who use minister to describe men's actions and serve to describe women's are probably unaware that they're doing this. Yet their cultural assumptions about men's and women's roles in the world affect how they translate and we then read and understand the Bible. For if we read that only men minister and women only serve, this limits how we think about and do ministry. For example, when Jesus tells his squabbling disciples that they're not to lord over people, but to serve the last and least. We don't always connect it with church leadership. Instead, male ministers all too often dominate. Diaconates are all too often made up of only men. And the work of women and children who are already ministering among us is all too often overlooked or dismissed. But if we read that Simon's mother-in-law is ministering, if we read that the women who travelled with Jesus ministered to his needs and enabled his ministry, and if we realise that ministry and service are one and the same, then our understanding of ministers and ministry is vastly expanded and enriched. We often think of ministry as a formal public role, exercised by particular people at scheduled times and in special buildings. But tonight's story explodes all this. It shows that significant ministry, ministry which leads the whole town to Jesus, can be spontaneous, unacknowledged, behind the scenes, invisible. It shows that significant ministry can be exercised not just in churches or through special programs, but in people's homes when those homes are open to the hospitality of Jesus. And it shows that significant ministry can be performed not just by ordained people, but by people considered so insignificant that we are not even told their names. Because the first human diakonos in the Gospel of Mark is an unnamed woman. Not Simon Peter, 
not another of the twelve, not a priest, not a teacher or a scribe, nor anyone ordained or chosen by the powerful, not an educated person, nor a powerful person, but a woman who is identified only by her relationship to a man. I encourage you then to look among migrants and cleaners and casual workers. Look among carers, unemployed people, people who are chronically ill. Look among them for those people who operate informally, domestically, invisibly, whose work is so rarely acknowledged, but who are connecting need with resource so that they and their people can survive. For these people are the ministers who, like Simon's mother-in-law, recognize what is happening in Jesus, take the initiative and act. And in doing so, they are ushering in God's kingdom here and now. And look also at this community. What needs do you see? What resources do we already have? And how will you or we connect them? What needs do you see? What resources do we have? And how will you or we connect them? If you valued what you heard, there's always more to read on our website at sanctuarybaptist.wordpress.com. Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters. If you'd like to support the work of this little church, you can make a donation via PayPal, and you can find the details for this on the website. Great to have you with us, and we'll catch you another time.